0: I had a very cosmic experience, uh, being able to see uh, three different bands uh, up in the uh, the general Phoenix area, and uh, the opening band. Um, I was uh, captured by the fact that the way I looked at their unit was that it, you know, was how very high energy and very positive, and yet there's still a lot of room to grow. And after talking to my next guest, it's evident that. He's ready to take that challenge in the next step. Pablo Basitias, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show.
1: Thanks for having me, Jake.
0: Yeah, brother. Um, you know, Love Trader, I want you to talk a little bit about how you put love into action in your life.
1: Man, hidden, hidden heart immediately. Yeah, no, to, no
0: time to waste. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, some of your other interviews and noticed that was a theme. So, you know, I'm not surprised, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, your
0: name, the name of your band is Pablo Love Train. And I just think it's important to... Everybody has their own concept of love and how they bring it to the world. So I just wanted you to riff sure. on that.
1: Sure. I guess. Um, I guess I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, you know? I mean, I guess I'm still trying to kind of define what love means and what love looks like to me every day um you know and it's funny like the way that i picked the name wasn't even i mean i didn't even really technically pick the name it was kind of gifted to me by a friend slash i don't know the powers that be i guess but um you know as far as how i how i show it or how i try and reciprocate that you know is um it seems to be that the theme through uh through line with love in any kind of relationship or kind of um uh, commitment is like intention you know kind of listening with intent or playing with intent or practicing with intent um uh, spending spending time with intent uh you know so i guess that's kind of been a been a through point for me lately
0: do you do you feel that um you learned about that magic of intention when you were
1: <clears throat> doing jazz school? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, maybe even a bit before that. Yeah, no, no of... I would
0: talk about when you first, cause that's it, man. It's just yeah. it, 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 earnestness, intention, right, vulnerability. And like, to me, that only comes when you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone
1: musically. Right. So totally break it down. Yeah, I guess um when I started out uh I I yeah, the practice of music um since I since I was I guess I formally started playing the drums when I was 10. Uh and it just uh, that kind of has been a catalyst a vessel for me to learn a lot about myself and how uh how relationships I guess function a bit. Um, how they can, how they should, maybe, maybe how they should not. Um, But that intention, you know, just, you know, every, every note is, is important. Everything you say is important. Everything that you perceive um, is, it matters in the, in the, in the scope of, you know, the whole piece or, you know, the whole relationship, but not, not to say that you can't, um, you know, make amends for mistakes that you might make, but uh, at the end of the day it's about your yeah your intention with that um and yeah especially when i was um when i was taking classes with the jazz studies program up at, up up in flagstaff you know uh that showed me kind of a deeper level of what that intention might look like and maybe even where like my shortcomings in that regard might might be um can you, can you talk about what, what... Well, I mean, you, you say shortcomings, it's
0: just, you know, areas of growth, but like what were, what made you vulnerable up there to that?
1: Um, well, I guess the professor that I had was very, um, uh, influential, uh, instructive constructive, uh, his name's Chris Vinay, fantastic bass player Wow. and instrumentalist. Wow. Yeah, he's great, man. Sick, man. Um, world, sick. world, world class for real. You have to it's hook played... me up
0: with him, man. I'm up for an interview.
1: Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So, so, um, so. I mean,
0: you. you there was an inst- you, There was an instantaneous respect. You respected him.
1: Oh totally. Yeah, I remember the first time I ever played with him. I was a senior in high school, and um, he invited me to come sit in on a jam at the Nash. And um, so sick. I, I, I was so already sick. Yeah, super cool and I was like, all right, cool man. I'm shaking in my boots. I'm shaking in my boots, but I got to do this. And um so he was playing bass and I was playing drums. Um I think there was a keyboard player. I don't I don't remember who it was. Um in my brain it's it's Russell Schmidt, but it might have it was probably Yeah, it's fuzzy. It's okay. It's thing, fuzzy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I was playing and this man's time is unwavering, you know. Um, and so I'm playing and he's playing and he physically like moves his bass closer to me, um, so that he can kind of communicate to me where he is feeling, you know, the beat the pulse, and yeah. yeah. And so that right there, and then the, the subsequent four years was kind of, you know, like, uh, a schooling in that, uh, that was one of the the biggest takeaways I got from my whole experience. There was like where to feel that beat and how to kind of make it work for you uh through your instrument you know through your motor functions and also just like how to i don't know it's it's a weird it's a weird sort of thing especially as a rhythm section player especially in like jazz music where it's so like singular the beat is so singular um you just have to kind of like it has to emanate from you you have to propel it out of yourself but not in a way that um you know forces you to to move the time like faster or slower. Absolutely. To, no, no. I love this. Man. I love,
0: I want you to talk. You said you started playing
1: formally. You mean you started taking lessons or you were on the bandstand at 10 years old? Uh, no, not even the bandstand really. Um, st- taking lessons and I was like in school band, um, uh, like fifth grade, you know, concert. Were um, you ex- like, um,
0: to me, like this is, uh, this is fascinating. Like as a drummer playing quote unquote jazz, to me it's just like that's music has feel that there's a feeling to that music. Totally. You know, you know what that is. <clears throat> and uh I just wonder about if you can talk about how you learn to cultivate the life force within you to get to play with that intention that is not going to come across no matter how good a sound system you have, mm. no matter how many chops you have you create sonically through
1: soul and physical movement. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's strange. I feel like, um, I don't know. It's kind of a privilege, I guess. I feel like I kind of always had it if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, That's fine. It's natural, natural born. Right. When I, um, my mom's told me stories and stuff. Um, she would, you know, they would play like merengue in the house when I was growing up and I would just kind of like stomp around to it, you know? And that also is a music that kind of has a very singular, rhythmic kind of drive. And just, um, you know, um, Latin jazz in general, salsa music, all that kind of stuff is like a lot of what I grew up kind of feeling. Um, And so that... Were you listening to like,
0: were you like, was your mom hip to like Cal Jader?
1: Were your parents music fans? Yeah, it... um, they had their niches. My dad was really into like the Fania thing. Uh, Fania Are Reckon. you kidding me, dude? Yeah, I've got. Oh he's, my he's god, I've interviewed use... all
0: the. I mean, Billy Cobham, Jan Hammer. I'm not I, the the Spanish, the the Latin cats. Dude, Mono Dubongo was on that stuff. Fania mm-hmm. is like that. Is this
1: was he there? Um, I mean.
0: Nice. New York because they did they did some shows in yet yeah, was did he grow up on the east coast or was he west coast guy
1: uh he so he actually um em- immigrated to chicago from Columbia when he was about 20 years old wow yeah so he's got he's he's got Whoa. some he brought over Whoa. some records from there Dude. too yeah and uh, my mom yeah like, mom i want to
0: be- go i want i want to be clear about this he he went there were a lot of gigs in chicago like not musician gigs but like factory gigs did he? Yeah. Did he play music on the side or even professionally?
1: No, he didn't play music at all. He was just an appreciator. He loves to dance. He I loved did. the, you know, he loved the club scene, um, just going out and dancing to to salsa and stuff like that. And my then mom your mom, is,
0: mom is, mom is tell, talk about where your mom is from.
1: Yeah, she's from Guatemala, um, and she grew up in Chicago, younger than what my dad was. Um, but she was a singer. Um, she she sang uh in some in some latin groups some salsa groups something some backup uh went on tour a little bit in central america when she was really young like in her teens when she um, still lived
0: down when she still lived down there
1: yeah but she still lived in chicago and you know she moved around a lot um in her 20s after her stint with music just kind of oh wait know, hold on
0: i want to just be clear i'm understanding this she is already living in chicago and she's going on tour with authentic bands into Central America, South America. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Correct. And if I, Holy
0: cow, that is insane.
1: Yeah. Really nuts. Um, I've never heard any
0: that is off the charts, man.
1: Yeah. And she, there's some recordings of her with those bands and stuff too, which is pretty, you have to hit me to that stuff. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: So at that time, does she, what was her experience? Not that she was a road dog musician, but the touring life, you know, I mean, this can you can relate it to yourself as well, but mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that, that that's a serious tour right there. She was yeah. on the road for months, right? I mean, that was like,
1: mm, it was it was like she'd get flown out for some dates, you know. Like she, I'm I'm not sure how much like long no, touring that's not, she did. Yeah, no, but, I'm
0: thinking like, I'm,
1: yeah. So, but just in general, like, uh, like she you know, was she was backing the, up, like she was backing up an artist on a label for, um like. For the majority of that stint, as as far as I'm aware. Um, if if I'm honest, like m- my it's kind of weird. My parents' relationship to music to me is a little bit ambiguous. Um uh-huh. like to like to be to be real, like I didn't even know my dad had the salsa record collection until I was like out of school. Um yeah, so it's kind of a weird uh like dichotomy for me there. Like it's very close. And like the feeling and the soul is there, but like the, the um like the formal information is kind of a bit lacking, I guess.
0: Pablo, man, I'm re- you're blowing me away right now, dude. <laughs> I I like because I don't. The only thing I I guess the only thing I'm thinking is that your dad <clears throat> knew you had a gift for rhythm and music. Yeah, the, but the both he, of them, yeah. Yeah, but yet he was he was apprehensive about because he knew that you had the bug and he didn't want to encourage you to pursue music because of
1: this this lifestyle you don't do precisely it this, right precisely yeah there was a bit of apprehension for a while Um uh, because you he know, didn't I show mean...
0: you I mean my daughter's Cal Jader live from the funky quarters early 70s afro dude they were exposed to that now just the idea that your dad was such an enthusiast was very hip to the hip music that's right. the thing I don't even know if I wasn't born I was born in 78 you know but I, I don't even know if I'd be hip to the hit music back then right. you know he was and yet he didn't ever showed you the collection
1: right yeah and you know uh, maybe they want you maybe games. they want you
0: maybe they want you to figure it out on your own I guess right that's yeah story. maybe
1: maybe and I think maybe it was just a thing of you know uh, his maybe general closed offedness or something, but, um, eventually, you know, and, and not to say that he didn't educate me at all. Um, like, I mean, he was definitely showing me some music that he really dug, but, um, it wasn't, that wasn't like a point of connection for us. Um, that
0: is fascinating. He didn't expose you to your,
1: to your, to essentially your own people's music. Yeah, not not so much. I mean, he but, yeah, there was an exposure but not like a deep dive that I feel like could have been pretty dope.
0: Right. I mean, you know, you're doing uh I mean, either way, yeah, either way it, it happened, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and so and you here you're here where you're here now, right. like what is your I mean, is it worth for the love train to be a touring road dog band? Can you sing for your supper? within the greater Phoenix area or basically I'm just trying to square the circle. Cause my friends, brilliant musicians playing original music have an established fan base. That's growing only sell, only make money selling merchandise. They don't make any money on the gigs really. And uh, you know, I just wonder where you're at because obviously you all want to play live, right. you know, of course you want to play gigs. And yet this, the deck is just stacked against road dog musicians. I want to know what you're thinking about that and also like totally. how you plan to strategize with that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, um, I sort of compartmentalized, um, like the way that I work, um, as far as like a musician. Um, I mean, for one, I, uh, right now I've got a day gig, but I'm kind of like weaning it out. um, through you know other musical avenues and i'm in like four groups four or five wow. groups right now wow. wow! um sweet yeah i one of which is like a working cover band um playing old old soul music marvin Gaye, michael jackson uh pop hits too you know through through the decades to some so degree Kurt, curtis Mayfield. Like, yeah yeah that yeah. that yeah exactly that that type of vibe super funky yeah. and with some really talented guys. Um one of which Where do I mean, you guys play? I gotta come check that out, cool. man. Yeah, we play um we play a bit in Gilbert, um right there downtown at a couple places. Um we play in uh in Scottsdale in Old Town. That are one of our main our two main spots that we really dig play are Casimirs and Old Town Scottsdale and the Womack so you're, uh, you're getting in, me in so
0: up to speed, man. Thank you, brother yeah 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 course. man that's um, so, so so that are you if that music's uh, are is there a tolerance like to be able to mix in like an original tune do you guys have any originals or is um, it just...
1: we uh we do sometimes but you know uh i think so the main the main vocalist in that band the keyboard player uh brian cabala who's a cat you should talk to sometime
0: dude, uh, um, he's, he's dropping
1: names dude. To yeah he's he's fantastic but um I think he he kind of wants his if if any of any if anyone's music is going to get played in that setting it would be his um just for sake of um you know like consistency of um like vibe of feeling um but I think he kind of wants wants that to uh, I dig I dig I dig you know um I think he wants that to to I think he really wants it to he doesn't want to say his piece if he, if it's not gonna, if it's not like ready, you know? Um,
0: Absolutely. No, no, no. But sometimes, as you know, I'm curious about your philosophy in your own bands, but also it relates to this group, like being able to, you have to sort of test the songs out on the bandstand before they're sure. ever fully ready to go, sure. you know, but sure, obviously sure. you don't want it to be a mess. You know, I just right. would say like, if I, if I was going to come, to this fuck to this uh Speaky, this beautiful place um i'd want like first set at least a couple originals you know like i mean and sure. i love the cover shit but you know that to me is what it's about is like yeah
1: and and honestly i mean that's something that we've been feeling too like we're kind of getting over i mean the covers are fun and we like to kind of curate a, a playlist in in uh as far as right. that goes but sure but um we we actually kind of are like we've had many discussions about okay guys i think we vibe enough and we get each other enough that it would be really cool to start writing together and um putting some stuff into the set until we could honestly start having full sets where it's just our music you know um but like i said i mean i mean the the brian's got a full-time day job um shane the guitarist um that you saw me play with um he's also he's the guitarist in that band oh Um, god and so oh my
0: god this is out of hand man
1: yeah it's it's actually very incestuous huh <laughs> um the, the, the way that it goes around here in in the band hey man I mean, that, dude when you're i mean you're not
0: so let's talk about it. you got the soul band you got yeah go we got love the soul train. band got
1: the love yeah. train um there's a um kind of like psychedelic cumbia latin fusion band called pijama that's pretty new on the scene but we've been playing some pretty sweet shows um are you playing drums in that band i'm i'm playing congas and cowbell and singing Dude. in that band yeah so Whoa, it's, that's, a, that's a that's a big stretch big, for me. that's
0: the gig bro oh that's
1: yeah that's the gig man that is honestly that has been the gig man it's really fun it's a party band we, we play some really sweet crowds um that's so cool so man. having some fun with that it's a six-piece band uh, um um the main guy uh, is a friend from college too. Um, you have then, you
0: actually don't have a you don't have a trap set in that band.
1: We do. To I me, just don't play.
0: I, to me, it would be just great to have timbales and you like carlos, right. you know, like right, that's
1: right. to me the
0: Willy Bobo Mongol that kind of stuff. Like totally, there was no trap set
1: involved. Yeah, we, we had to. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely and like a different. I want to tell you something
0: because that up, kind of uh, you, you have to appeal. To this Western Ang- Judeo-Christian kind of thing, which is fine. Precisely. I'm not, you know, it's like so. You're 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 making it more conformed
1: to rock music, right? Like ex- like accessible. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not and that's like part of life. I get yeah. no. Right. It's not so like traditionally. Um, any of those styles of music like you know like a wawanko or like a like a fucking just like a straight salsa or like a cumbia like there's marriages of things and i mean like half the band grew up playing like metal music together so there's like elements of of there's elements of that in there um there's elements of like you know just like surf rock and stuff like that's kind of the band that me and the singer were in back back in college um so you know there's a lot of marriage of stuff but to 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 that point um like i've worked with the drummer and like uh we've all kind of worked together to try and be a little more authentic even though there's this kind of um even though the instrumentation and like the the sonic palette might be a little um a little uh non traditional you know we there's some things that we want to kind of pay homage to and so the the drum set parts get stripped down a bit to kind of fit to that Um, yeah you know
0: it's funny like you guys got to muscle up a little bit and get a little more muscular rhythm going just in terms of like and that's maybe you know in some ways just uh, naturally growing the vocabulary of the band pushing everybody out of their comfort zone because the drummers I, i i'm curious about why um you know so much of what i picked up on that night in your playing was just like a uh, you know clearly you they your mom passed down that that ability to you know hold the stage and stage mm. presence and also like uh a positive vibe energy good voice sure. you know and Thanks. uh yeah and uh but, but yet you're on the bandstand at the Nash with this uh professor of yours clearly. Uh, you had a steady diet of jazz drums in your life. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I I started. I mean, you know, it's it's weird. I guess the, going... the question
0: is the question is why did did you pursue the, that, or is even there anything to pursue as it relates to uh, the Love Train playing? You know, like Elvin, Max Roach, that kind of stuff. Sure. Well. That's what if, I want to say, man.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, to be honest, I mean, this project of mine is was kind of at the point that it started was kind of like me being tired of jazz. Totally. Um, Explain. The, you got to get exhausted with the the riffology and all the the wank and the wank. Yeah. Yeah. That the kind of just like the academic nature of it. I always kind of hated school, and right. because I was introduced to it through school, it started to feel like homework a lot of times um it was a which, drag with, it started to be a drag yeah yeah which is a bummer because i think the music is really beautiful and i really appreciate you know the um the uh the skill that it takes to um play that music like well and be able to like express yourself fully and i added, you know and it kind of opened me up to that whole kind of lifelong journey of like finding you know your voice kind of thing um but i got a bit disillusioned with like the just like the practice of it sometimes and all that kind of stuff so so you know i just wanted to write some fucking like pop rock music <laughs> for myself um and uh you know that that that's kind of all that the project is to me while also you know marrying some elements of of um uh, of things that i would learned along the way you know? can you can There's you talk a- about, yeah
0: talk about marrying i like this is very important because you you can increase people's sonic palette through information you learned from before right. other music. Bill Graham used to say when he would do the filmmore shows, yeah, these cats, these hippies don't know uh they need to know this shit. That's yeah. part of the problem is that the audience needs to the increased sonic palette. How do you right. what have you integrated into your pop rock music that you learn from the aesthetic of uh, melodic improvisation?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um I guess um just kind of a because, okay, so I guess like a, kind of like a melodic awareness, um, like a harmonic awareness, even though oh. it's not something that I can necessarily like, put into Articular. words. Totally. Yeah, exactly. But like, there's like a sensibility that I can pick up, like, I I know, I know when it's hitting and I know when it's not. And I know kind of what I don't want to say, you know, and, and then also, as far as that marriage goes, like, there's a good deal of kind of like, Latin Uh, centric like rhythms and or rhythmic sensibility that I'll throw into my songs you know um so that kind of um is where that comes in and you know just like kind of the the color sometimes of of like the chords that I'll pick for the tunes like I don't want it ever to be uh, unless that's what it calls for to just be like a straight up and down like major bar chord you know um I I'll I'll do that because it's, it's, uh, it's the style sometimes. Um, but I'm also just trying not to adhere too much to a style. Like I just, I hear a groove and I like it. It doesn't really matter necessarily what, what family it belongs to.
0: Um, where do you feel that you like, um, in terms of like, uh, your path at this point, Going back to what we were talking about before, yeah. you, you're you doing a myriad of, of paid gigs to sing for your supper. I, I want to just make sure we, we hit all these bands, Soul, uh, the Cumbia uh, the Psych Band, yep. the Love
1: Train, there's one more. Um, yeah, so uh, like my oldest buddy, we actually met in middle school jazz band, he's got a he calls it indie bullshit band um called Juniper Ridge. Um it's very like folk centric. Um it's oh. uh also a bit jazz centric. Um he's a guitarist. Um he actually started out playing trombone, but picked up guitar kind of late. And it's been actually very sweet to watch him kind of bloom as a musician over the years. Wow. Um but but his his stuff is um is his name? it's pretty it's pretty artsy. His name's Garrett Bowers. Garrett Bowers. So, Garrett Bowers, yeah. And you? And so are- I play drums in that band. I sing a bit, and I kind of, you know, help. I've uh, I've been on uh, all of the recordings thus far, I guess. Um, but yeah, so those would be the main ones. And then through Garrett, I've met some guys that I've played with too, and like whenever there are performances, there, like I just did a gig last night for our buddy Dean, who I met through Garrett. And, um, I was in his band for a couple of years doing the covers thing, um, around town and stuff too. Um, so. Origi-
0: original music coming out of this folk
1: band? Yeah. Original. Yeah. Original. It's, but I wouldn't, uh, folk is kind of a, a very, uh. Why do you use that? Specific dirt? color. I guess, um, he, there's an artist called, um, AJJ, Andrew Jackson Jihad, mm. that, um, that it was kind of like a folk punk, um that kind of folk punk thing and so he gravitated towards that a lot with his like earlier stuff but um he's also really into electronic music and like hip-hop so and jazz as well so there's just like a really broad amalgam of things but a through line is like that kind of folk sensibility it's kind of talking about you know um his his personal his personal stuff no
0: i did so so it's coming from the storytelling itself precisely that that's beautiful because that's what that's what modern day folk music is back right, in the exactly. back i mean back in the day that was the same thing there were messages being delivered, but actually um is there an upright bass in the group or is no it no
1: a... it's 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 more it's more uh it's a lot heavier than than your typical folk music I'd say. exactly exactly i dig. uh, uh so those know, I would say yeah. those are like my main my main um affiliations right now. Um, and then you know, there's the odd, there's the odd call. I I played in like a bluegrass band sometimes with a cat named Nolan McKelvey who lives here in Scottsdale.
0: Dude, I am loving
1: this. Dude, you are oh, op- this is
0: sick, man. So wait, you're pl- How many, your your job is to basically keep the calendar playing bingo with the calendar.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's all. That's what a lot of a lot of the cats that I'm playing around with. Um, that's kind of what we're all doing. Shane, you should see Shane's calendar, man. He's he's nuts um seven days a week basically yeah pretty much i mean he was playing really regularly um in this country band for like four years and they were playing like all the time he just kind of dropped out of that to focus more on his own stuff and and love train and the soul band and kind of like take things in his own hands but he was in that band with his dad who was also a touring musician like through the 80s and 90s and stuff um so yeah like four or five years
0: dude that he you look like uh, i don't even dude talk a little bit about the love train man like to me like it was you guys all people come up to me to uh, you know like you know what's what's the good word how you been and i just say you know my whole job aside from raising my kids and paying my bills is to make people happy you know i just want to make you know as a journalist i also want to bring an urgency to the bandstand so that the cats can get out of their thinking mind and get off or get into some space jam and basically um that's where how did the concept to this band come together what makes it unique
1: Hmm. well part of what i think makes it unique is that i'm not a fucking guitar player um (laughs) like i don't you know like that's (laughs) i'm learning on the fly dude yeah yeah i'm learning a lot um i i know i i mean i i know on both hands like better guitar players than i than i am you know but but i i I started trying to write songs when I was probably, like, 19, um, and, you know, I was, I had been playing drums for so long, and I wanted to do something else, um, and so I think that's part of what makes it unique, you know, is that, like, it's a it's a drummer-led band, but the drummer's not uh, at the drums, you know, um, so there's but- that kind of sensibility to that, although, to be fair, in past iterations of the band, I have also played drums and sang, so um that's a very it's, folk, it's a very folk punk methodology
0: sure yeah you know in the sense where it's like you're just picking up the instrument that's the other aesthetic to focus right. you don't need any right. academic you pick up the guitar and you're you know learning on the on the bandstand
1: right exactly i'm very much led by my ear on the instrument beautiful like, just, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. and along think, the way i've kind of learned the names of what i what it is that i'm playing but
0: um no man
1: i'm thinking melody
0: yeah i dig i mean so you can you read music too
1: uh i can read rhythms um and i when i was in school like i took lessons through the percussion program a bit and played like marimba um but like it just never i never gave enough of a shit to like dive into it when i was in elementary school band they never gave me the bell parts because i was the best at the drums they just always gave me the drum part
0: right right i almost feel like a, a, an invigoration could be getting back on the mallets a little bit you know Those sure vibe, yeah i vibe, bring vibes into that kumbia psych setting i don't know you know like yeah, that
1: could be cool yeah
0: i uh you, you can you just talk about you know we can talk about all the things from 30 you know from a macro point of view but the the crew that that you are part of that I'm just getting hip to in this sort of greater Phoenix area,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can you just talk about the morale, the general morale? To me, more and more in our society uh, than ever before, it's always been, there's been an element of this, but more and more music is seen as a musician's gift to the world. It's Mm -hmm. seen as, uh, oh, you can pay to play or you can play for the door. Uh, And, Part of my job on, on the Jake Feinberg show is to make sure that uh, the authentic, creative musicians, uh, you know, in however format they're doing, get paid uh, a reasonable wage. And uh, there hasn't really been a cost of living increase for live musicians since like 1984. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I wanted you to talk about even with you guys pushing so hard, not that you're a starving genius but sure. can you talk about how you guys keep, is it just you're floating through time because you're just always playing music with hopefully people that you love and you're playing stuff that, that you're getting off on? Cause there are some people that are fully solvent playing in an orchestra miserable because right. they've only taken conductors directions their whole lives yet. They mm-hmm. can pay their, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I, I like, I like what you said about, um, floating through time it definitely feels that way and i wonder if that's something that you can tap into the more that you kind of set yourself aside in time through the act of playing music you know you're kind of like breaking that line that like linear sort of thinking of like monday tuesday wednesday or fucking five o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock right and it's just like that 50 minute set like doesn't exist within like the Natural construct of time, right? You're kind of like <laughs> you're kind of like setting your own pulse. So then you do that two, three times a week. Um, it
0: becomes very addictive, you know.
1: Right, totally, right. and that kind of just becomes the way that your life starts to function. It definitely feels like a drifting through time, which I like a lot, but it can yeah. feel a bit, you know, like you know, like you can't get a grip sometimes. Um, but as far as morale goes, you know, I think there is that sensibility kind of of everyone kind of being like oh man it's really hard to make a living doing this uh like there's no like nobody wants to come to this shit uh people don't want to pay 10 15 20 whatever dollars to come see a band that they've never heard and buy drinks that are too expensive and um you know all that kind of stuff so that mentality can kind of take over sometimes um especially in like the younger crew that I think you know they're trying to like really do it um and seeing kind of like how it works but right. at the same time I think you know I've been very fortunate like with this cover band with the with the uh we're called the common good for now um we uh you know are, are both Shane and and Brian you have have uh deals with booking agencies so we get into you know pretty decent paying gigs at like resorts um or like private parties or things of that nature and then oh, connections man, with plan, that's the the bars. So yeah. that is what is keeping us afloat. And honestly to me, it doesn't seem like there's any other way to Damn. make it sustainable. Damn. Um you know, I mean unless you've got connects with all the all, you know, like the 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 power the powers of B, you know, the sleeping giants.
0: Right, um, right,
1: right,
0: right. <laughs> you um, know, I dig, I dig. So, I mean, th- how many? I, I, that's it's a ridiculous question, but like, are there enough private parties so that everybody maybe has four gigs, but one of them's the mother cow and then they can kind of chill on that? Or like, here's the bottom line you, you are phasing out a day gig, you still have it because you know what? In this t- day and age, I mean, it's you have to augment. I mean, I augment my show working at a nonprofit, so you know, everybody has to augment their lifestyle unless you just make silly amounts of money right. um but do you feel like that uh, most that like how do you have you learned to deal not that you listen you're in a nice corporate gig you're getting paid it's not a big deal but just that, that can you talk about that general mentality especially because you came from a bloodline where music is a healing force uh it it, it was done by shamans people were musical they were treated like doctors. not very long ago in those parts of the world and uh i just wanted you to talk about the idea of a musician being a viable profession
1: Mm. yeah i mean i (laughs) i asked myself if it's viable like most days of the week um like every musician probably yeah right right of course um but i mean that it's that spiritual side that healing shamanistic side that is really especially the older i get like kind of what i'm trying to get at um or what i would like to like to get better at getting at um because you know through school uh with the academic nature of it all and then now kind of conceiving it conceiving of it as like work um that's like not even the most valuable part of it it's it's the it's the split second where you and the keyboard player like match up it's like the people that you meet um and that's that's always like the part that's like the most worth it for me but anyway as far as making i love
0: that man no that's what it's i mean that's the essence
1: yeah and that's what what makes that's honestly what makes it worth it to not be making like a bunch of fucking money um because like my life is interesting you know, um, the experiences that I get to have are really rich. And, um, so I'm down to take a cut in pay at my day job so that I can like explore my own creativity further. Like, honestly, that's what I just did. I just took some, some hours off I so, that I, it, could start to, I, so I could this. start to, you know, shed more on my own and figure out like what I want to say and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of tight, but I'm going to make it work and the music's worth it. Do you feel like you
0: have, your? I mean, everyone is the forever journey, but I mean, sitting in, I know just sitting in your room, thinking about what you want to say, do you feel like you have a story to tell? What, what, what's a little sliver of the story that you can shed some light on?
1: Hmm. Um, I guess, oh man that's tough
0: (laughs) well i mean you know what it is like like i know you have tons of stuff written down i mean what do you feel is coming out of you
1: you know is it is it is it
0: is it it like overcoming is it uh sure 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 you know whatever
1: yeah okay i i i I get your point um go anywhere
0: you want man it doesn't have to answer the question
1: (laughs) sure sure but i guess um yeah like um A lot of the earlier stuff that I would write was kind of fucking sad, and I feel like I kind of am trying to show the the close relationship between like sadness and happiness,
0: dude. It's just, dude, the the love and hate. It's the same, right,
1: right, and um, yeah,
0: right, happy and sad.
1: Yeah, and you know that they're not mutually exclusive that they can both exist at the same time and or even just like kind of that it that there's like an in between. I mean, I'm always I've always been a believer that like nothing is black and white and that it's all it's all gray. And so I guess like as far as like lyrical content maybe um like the the kind of story that I want to tell people you know is like i don't want to i don't want to come out and be like i'm fucking happy and i don't want to tell people that i'm fucking sad i just want to tell them that i'm like both all of the time and um that it's and you're that and that you're floating that, you're
0: floating through time you're yeah i'm just through floating, time
1: floating like, and and that that's okay and that honestly i think absolutely. that's that's a that's an okay way to live like you don't it's not about constant happiness it's just about you know um loving it all you know
0: well also i mean just sort of like disc not disconnecting because we're all hooked on it but you know you having enough discipline to know that whatever is being portrayed by our society is does not bring peace right you know the idea of material wealth and uh you know being no the point is that the way it's conveyed is that you should always be happy
1: right and all you right? get and you get a lot of popular music that's either like I'm it's living so, it up. I'm uh, the shit. Right, right,
0: and that's and it's not and, and some of those cats are great musicians. Some of them sure. couldn't play live to save their life. So it's very you right. know you know before <clears throat> you go back in time, whether it was you know uh, Aretha Franklin or they had to clear a certain bar to make a record. And you also had A and R guys who were record producers, so they really dug and knew the music, and the music was being made by. Real human beings all the time. It was like a freaking factory. But mm-hmm. you had to have a bar to clear. You had to clear a bar to get it out. Now you can just put out schlock. And quite right. frankly, if you look a certain way, with all the technology, they can dial you up and turn you into a music star, right. which is bullshit. Right.
1: But I that's don't remember. What, I don't remember who who the interview was with. It was. Um. I don't remember who the interview was with, but right. um, there was a singer, and she was talking about how you know she had been in the studio with with like you know twenty, thirty, forty plus musicians, and they all had to nail the take together. Uh, and right, and that that's not a thing anymore. You know, it's not. I mean, there are people that do it, sure. Um, but uh, no, no. It's no not, let me let me be clear. It's not the, the, the only the, way.
0: Absolutely. The, the The goal of those studio sh- sharks. They had to knock out a song every three hours. I mean, there was just exactly there were there were cats that had to come in. They could they had to basically run it down a time or two and basically the red light was on. Right. Didn't you have time. Yeah, there, there were no distractions either. There was a phone in the secretary's mm-hmm. office that you could turn <laughs> off. And now yeah. the constant distraction. I mean, Demiola Al Dimiola told me you know, he, he's like he's got young cats projects and everybody is so distracted. There's no
1: right. you look now, at the term yeah. now you now you live stream the the chop and screw process it's like <laughs> full it's like right. full derivation
0: well that's you know like it's so funny you said that. i agree man like it's just even in this in the when you're like Deviation. like you know the the, the the shedding component like the distractibility that wasn't there before it was right. just like we're in this we're all i mean the spiritual quality was much larger because the minute that you interface with that technology, then you sap all that, that heart and soul, you know, from this, from the and that and that's at a very we're we're getting in a very granular place. But you know, mm-hmm. like I I um, I just in closing, man, um, you know, I just wanted you to talk about a time in your life when you uh, overcame some adversity, how it made you a stronger person, and uh, you know how you know how made you a better person.
1: Mm-hmm. I overcame adversity man it's you've it's been weird. you've been like... driving
0: you've been running through walls i mean i i believe that you you know it's like music for you pablo like you didn't like school it's not like you you know just it was it was everything came naturally to you and so mm-hmm. i'm feeling that aside from god god forbid a, the death of a an elder that was the question that's the better question do you have musical elders that you can rely on for
1: wisdom mm. That I know personally, yes. Hmm.
0: That family Hmm. tree is broken. I'm not surprised because that family tree, which was so intact during the that that you know, every Art Blakey's band, Lee Morgan came out of there. Cedar Wall. I'm not saying you're playing jazz, but what I'm saying is that there was a farm system, and that there was this. There was always elders to learn from, or even just you know, just to clear your head. And to me, it that whole. Um, farm system and fam musical family tree has broken down in every city in the country, and it's really it's it I'm I'm shocked but not surprised to hear you say that, and I feel like that's something that I would encourage you to do in an organic fashion yeah. is find some find some older one or even if it's just one cat and just all the shit that's always that you wraps you up you know either through the music or just through hanging like. I just feel like that is essential. I mean, I'm 45, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, it's like, I just feel like our generation, younger generation, like technology is not going to make you wiser. It's not yeah. going to make you a more evolved person. That is going to be what's going to involve you seeking for yourself. You're a seeker. So you need to seek that out. You need the elders. It's very important and it's disintegrating. Totally. So it's kind of on you, you know I mean that believe you can do what you want with that advice, but that that no encourage no,
1: yeah I, I appreciate that i mean th- that kind of mentorship is um is kind of crucial I would say any peop- anybody in any field would say that you kind of have to have mentors and um that sort of thing, but yeah I mean the first that comes to mind for me would be my my college professor chris um yeah even yeah the the principles that I've gotten from him are are ones that kind of define a lot of like the big picture kind of ideas I have about about um how to play music. You know, Can you give an example. So, um, yeah, just like I mean, just timekeeping. I mean, him being him being a bass player, like just driving into me the idea, like rehearsal after rehearsal, like to not get pushed around by the other people, um, in the band, you know, like an eighteen-piece band, and me, I have to, I have to stay. I have to stay strong in whatever direction that they push me and be, you know, be stern in my, in my conviction, you know, about where, Absolutely. where no, the time I mean, is.
0: Totally allow for some elasticity, but you gotta, you gotta yank people back in the line. You know? Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes down to also like personality. Like, I mean, either, either they have to do it because they're scared of you or they have to do it because they like respect you and they like trust huh. you huh. um you know so i i would hope that for i i imagine i think that that it's not the former cuz i don't think people are like scared of me but i know that that people know that when i'm playing like i know that at least we're not going to get lost <laughs> you know yeah um, you're right gonna, actually I, like, I mean there's an
0: though total. i think
1: you just said the thing about
0: they they fear you know, I'm not sure if the guys feared Miles Davis, but I think for Pablo Bastetis, it's like, it's like about have bringing kind of an unpredictable personality to the bandstand. People are, sure. uh, they're not sure what to expect, but you're going to, the point is that it's, it's not, it's not predictable. And uh, it, because it's not about... I don't, I don't get off on people fearing that's not going to work Right, like being a tyrant or something, but you can be a prankster. And yeah, I think you have that in you. And I think you can be unpredictable and you can change, change the pace on cats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm up there
1: playing, but at the same time, you know, like I don't, I don't want to pull the rug out from anybody. And I recognize that my role in that is crucial. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta lay it down for them or else they're going to, they're going to fumble all over themselves and I, I can't be the reason that that happens.
0: Do you feel like you're, what has
1: it been like to be a band leader? Um, I really like it. Um, I feel like I honestly got a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of experience with that, like playing the drums, man, like uh, a lot of direction given unspoken Uh, and a lot of, you know, I'm you, they start when I tell them to start and we stop when I stop. And, um, not that that's like a, like an ego trip for me or anything, but it's just like the way, like I have the most commanding instrument. Um, and I kind of learned a bit about how to communicate. Um, and, and just like countless hours of rehearsals, just, um, knowing how to run one. Um, I was like, I was like a high school marching band, like captain, you know, like I had to be like, okay, we're doing this and we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it like this um so wow wow so I, Man, I got yeah no I did so it wasn't um it, it wasn't that difficult to pick it up doing the guitar and singing and all that stuff because like you know I kind of know how that side of things goes already and people <laughs> even even if I wasn't even if I'm not the band leader people will look to me to to kind of be like all right so let's let's go right And I'm like yeah let's go
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm more like thinking like, you know, turning your back on the audience when you sing or something, you know, like just like Miles got it. Like to me, like there has to be an attitude. um, We placate so hard to people. And obviously, you know, they're paying, you know, from my point of view, the best music is, um, you know, there's an edginess to it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, somehow you have to, um, it just seemed like those guys, it seemed like there was, uh, the exciting thing is, is just the opportunity to see how new how certain songs take on a life of their of the love of the love train, you know?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. Um and those Are guys there definitely...
0: ones... how long have you been together as a band?
1: Um, that was actually our first show is that lineup. Wow. Yeah. Um but the project has existed with with even some of the same songs like maybe one of the same songs since like 2016 17 so how so what's like it's, like it's six, getting more
0: yeah no that's significant so you guys um did you take an extensive tour did you were you able to road dog it
1: we've never toured no um this i haven't this this is probably the group that I've played with the least because I'm pretty busy doing everything else. You know what
0: I'm talking about is back from 2016 to now. Can you talk about the touring, the best tour you went on? Oh, we never went on a tour with that, with any of those lineups. So You were able, wow. That's, is that something like, have you, so many of your peers are probably road dogs. Is that
1: a bit? Yeah. And I've, I've done it. I've done it a little bit. Um, I, I played with this local rock reggae band called Fayuka and we toured a little bit. Um, they still tour around. I don't play with them anymore. Um, and I know that that's, like, kind of what I want to do. But, I, I I, mean, I was listening to your to your uh, interview with Josiah, too. And it's just like, yeah, man, that, that part of things is really, really tough. And we kind of are of the same mind of, like, you know, we at least want to break even by doing that kind of stuff. So, um, and the fact that I am putting so much time in other projects, it's kind of, like, I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket and i'm not building up a crazy fan base or putting a, i mean that's again like that's no, but that's what you had
0: but you're but you're moving in to...
1: that you're moving in that direction right i'm trying to prioritize it more and, and I you played I mean, well yeah
0: i mean you're good i mean all i'm saying is you got a big supporter i know that it was divine intervention that i've connected with you guys because i'm an advocate for the musicians totally and in right, terms I of like dude yeah man like honestly at the end of the day you know, it's my job that you know when someone turns this interview on long after we've left this planet, it resonates enough and it inspires people. And if you have rhythm inside of you and, and you know you're competent rhythmist beyond, you know the the ability to inspire is the most important thing during this time. So yeah. ultimately, you just want to keep growing your own brand. But I just know that based on my trajectory of my career. That it is so. I'm so humbled and honored to be able to have connected to this uh, this burgeoning community of cats, you know. And I really, it's really an honor to it's an honor to hang, man. I can't wait. Thanks, yeah.
1: And it's an honor to me to be a part of it, and it's an honor to uh, to touch base with you, man. It's really great to chat and to meet. And
0: yeah, man, keep me in the loop about gigs with all the bands, because I'll definitely figure out a way. I mean, Tucson's cool, but it's kind of a Aside from the Sentry Room, which is the hippest jazz club, you have to come down here. You know, Lenny White and Buster Williams are coming down here.
1: Nuts. Yeah, Yeah. shoot me some dates, man.
0: Yeah, man. We'll do it up, man.
1: Cool. Thank you so much, Jake.
0: Thank you, brother. Be cool. Keep the love train going. Yeah, for sure. Can't stop. Peace out. Peace.